and uh, thankful for the wonderful time that we had on Sunday with our combined service with our Sela family. I love them and I appreciate them. And I'm looking forward to this weekend. I told somebody Sunday was just kind of a a uh, teaser or a introduction to what I feel this Sunday will be this Saturday and this Sunday and all that's going to take place with our United Service Weekend. I'm excited about that. Amen. I'd like you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Last Tuesday, I told you, the Lord, I felt he just put one word into my spirit and uh, we ministered fr about that. Does anybody remember what that word was? It's pop quiz time. Loving kindness. Amen. Tonight I felt, or today I felt the Lord put another word in my spirit. It's not in any way directly related to anything we talked about last Tuesday, I believe. But uh, the word I felt the Lord put into my spirit is the word abstain. So I want to talk about that in the scripture. Abstain or abstain, I suppose. It starts with the letter A, so that's an A. Abstain. Now let's look at this in the scripture. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. When the Spirit's talking, I want to listen. Amen. The Spirit speaks expressly, and it says that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Everybody say, depart from the faith. In the last days, some people will leave the faith. And when it talks about the faith, it's talking about belief in the truth and the, the doctrine uh, that Jesus taught, that he, the, the gospel that Jesus lived the doctrine that the apostles taught. In the last days, some people are going to leave that. That's what it, depart means. They're going to leave, depart from the faith, and then it says what they're going to do as they depart or leave from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now say doctrines. They're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Verse 2, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, verse 3, this is the people that depart the faith, from the faith, forbidding to marry, that means they don't let people get married. Can you imagine that? And commanding to abstain from meats, seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy. And so these are just some of the examples of what the seducing spirits, the doctrines of the devils, and the lies of hypocrisy promote. Such things as 
forbidding to marry, such things as commanding to abstain from meats. Now, I'm I, uh, thankful that the Lord has not, to my knowledge, ever convicted me about eating meat because I eat it and I like it. And uh, as long as he's willing, I plan to eat more of it. But it says they're, gonna, they're, they're going to abs- command people to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. Thanks, all I see is the word thanksgiving and meat, and I know it's right around the corner. <laughs> created to be received at thanksgiving, uh, with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Next verse. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Now, let me just read a little bit of what I felt the Lord showed me in that scripture, especially when, it, when, it, when I think of people departing from the faith, uh, I think of people just leaving God, leaving the church, and giving up on anything uh, related to the gospel and holy living. That's what I think of it. Um, what I felt the Lord show me, because it says they will depart from the faith, and as a part of their departure, they will take on new doctrines. They will take on new um, ways of living, if I can put it that way. So, sometimes departing from the faith doesn't look like dropping all sense of spirituality and becoming totally independent from all religions. When somebody departs from the faith, it doesn't just mean I'm done with religion, I'm done with God, I'm done with the church, I'm done with this, I'm done with that. Every, every situation obviously is a little different, but the, spiritual, the, the scriptural term here gives us insight to some will leave the faith and as they are departing, they are going towards, they are taking on new doctrines. They might not even tell you that they've left the church. They might not even tell you that they stopped living for God. They might not say it and express it in that way. They might say it in other, in other ways like, uh, the Lord showed me. Or, I just feel like what's best for me right now is to fill in the blank. And so what are they doing? They're, they're trying to uh, explain their departure from the faith but still spiritualize it, still um, justify it by saying, I, I, this is what I'm pursuing. This is, this is where the Lord's leading me. How I, My focus is being led by God into these other areas, these other endeavors. So they don't become, necessarily become independent from all religions. In this passage, those that leave the faith take on new doctrines and new commandments, such as not getting married, not eating meat. That's, the, that's one instance of six of the word abstain in the Scripture, in the New Testament. 
commanding to abstain from meat. And I think you get an idea just from that what it means. They take on a doctrine that says, a command is a strong word, you shall not eat meat. That's what it means to abstain from meat. If you look at Acts chapter 15, verse 20, Oh, let's just turn to Acts 15. There's a few, a few verses here I want, to, want you to see. I'm going to skip through a little bit of this. But along the lines of a doctrine that would teach you or command you to do this or not to do this, this is what we see in the scripture in Acts 15, verse 1. Certain men came down from Judea. taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be, what's that last word? Saved. There were certain men came to the brethren and said, if you're not circumcised and you don't follow the laws of Moses, sorry, but your little experience that you think you had with God is not really valid. That's what they said. You cannot be saved unless you do this. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. We've got we to figure this out. We can't have people running around saying such lies as that, saying such uh, incorrect doctrine as that. What are we going to do about it? So this is how they address it. Verse 5, But there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed. Say, that's a, it sounds to me like an oxymoron. The, the Pharisees that believed. Well, well, what that means is they, they came out of the, the lifestyle or are attempting to come out of the lifestyle of being a Pharisee into being a believer. But what they say here gives you a pretty good... Uh, indication of where they're at in their walk with the Lord. There arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. This is what we got to do if we want them to really be saved and want them to be uh, what God wants them to be. They've got to keep the law of Moses. Verse 10. Peter stood up and he said, uh, I was there when the Holy Ghost first fell on the first Gentiles. And that was a God thing. And it wasn't first we read the Torah. And first we had uh, make sure they come to this understanding of, of Yahweh of the Old Testament and give them some schooling on the no, God just filled him with the Holy Ghost. He led me there. I preached. We prayed. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he didn't say anything else about first they got to do this or now they've got to do this. The Lord just did that. Verse 10. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. Why would you saddle them with all of that burden 
if you can't even live up to it and your, your fathers couldn't even live up to it. You're going to tell them now that you've got the Holy Ghost, you have to go back to the law of Moses and start living that life? You're not able to bear it. I'm not able to bear it. The Lord Jesus Christ never told us to do that. Verse 11, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. We're living this life with Jesus. And this life with Jesus that I'm living and you're living is the life that Jesus wants us all to live. And our faith is such that he will save us when we do this, when we live the life that he leads us in. Not when we go back and try to fulfill a law that only he could fulfill. If you're with me, say amen. Go down to verse 19. So that was what Peter had to say about it. This is what James has to say about it. James says, Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them, verse 20, that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. That's four things to abstain from. James is saying with, with the wisdom of God, they cannot live the, according to the old law. None of us can. But if they can do these four things, the Lord will be with them. It's the same four things that I'm doing, you're doing, we're all doing. Why would I want them to do anything more? Now, just quickly, let me repeat those. Meat offered to idols. Blood. Now, I'll, I'm going to be totally honest and transparent with you. I didn't, I didn't get to dive into all these as much as I want, want, and I know you're all really sad about that tonight, so you don't get to hear more of that. But it says it in other scriptures, and I'll give you that assignment. I'll task you with that tonight. Go and search those four things in other scriptures, because I promise you they're all there on more than one occasion, Old Testament and New Testament. It has something to say about it. You can't eat meat that's offered to an idol. If we had an idol and some non-believing person, we would, in the Bible term, call them an idolater, if they made orange chicken that tastes just like the chicken from Panda Express, that you know how good it tastes. If they made that, but they said, this is for the goddess Asherah. And they take it, and then they run into you on the way to the temple. Well, it's still hot in the pot. Hey, 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 hey. I, I, why don't you try this? What do you got there? Well, it's meat. It's good. Take a whiff. It's good stuff. Take, 
just take a little bite. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I'm on my way to the temple, and I'm going to put it there as my offering, my sacrifice. But why don't you go ahead and just take a little bite? Clearly, the word of God says don't do that. Abstain from meat offered to idols. Things strangled. This also goes back to the Old Testament when the Lord was trying to help people live a healthy life and eat a healthy diet and say that, yes, if that animal died this kind of death, go ahead, partake. But if it died this kind of death, do not partake. And then it really kind of links those two things together, abstaining from blood and abstaining from things strangled, because if that thing was strangled and it died, it, didn't, it has not undergone the proper method for your health, for your benefit. I, I created that thing. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Not only did I create that thing, but I created the small intestine that's right there inside of you. I know what I'm talking about. Trust me. Just don't do it. So those three things. And then the fourth one is fornication. Abstain from fornication. If you, my brethren, Gentiles, can do these four things, Let's just read what it says in the letter. 28. Verse 28. When they get to the Gentiles, this is what they say. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary. Everybody say necessary. Not suggestions. Not suggestions. Like, you'd be better off if you don't do this. My, my, uh, as your elder, there's not a whole lot of times that I get to go much further than giving you a strong suggestion. There are times I want to, I promise you. I want to tell you this is necessary. Not you should, not you ought to, not you really need to think about. You have to. But unless God gives me that specific direction for the specific circumstance, I don't get to just say that anytime I want to. But I'm also not one of those guys written, using words inspired, authored by the Holy Ghost for the recording of all humanity. They said the word necessary. Everybody say it again. Necessary. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Well, good thing. If it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, it better seem good to you too. To lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. The next verse says them again. That you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which, if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Ye shall do well. Fare ye well. Keep yourselves. Everybody say, keep yourselves. Ah, uh, I got to spend just a second right here. Because who's, in, who's responsible for keeping yourself? 
Yourself is responsible for keeping yourself. Not God. Keep yourself from these things. That's what it means to abstain, to refrain from, to stay back from, to keep from doing. And here again, we want the, the depiction of God. If that's me and I'm God, I want God to jerk me by the collar. You can't do that. That's not what it says. Oh, my brothers, if you just pray, God will keep you from these things. That's not what it says. If you just fast every Friday to Sunday, God will take care of the rest. It's not what it says. Keep yourselves from. So, so you're telling me I might find myself in the situation where I run into a, a, an idolater on the way to the temple and they might actually offer me meat that's offered to an idol? Yeah, that actually might happen. And in that moment, they're not going to keep you from doing it. I won't be here to keep you from doing it. You will keep yourself from doing it. Somebody say, is this kosher? Abstain from these things. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3. Now we've hit two more of those six times that the word abstain is mentioned. That leaves three left. One of them's here. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God concerning you. Anybody want to know what the will of God is for your life? Does anybody want to know what the will of God is for your life? For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Paul and Barnabas were there, in case you didn't catch that, in Acts chapter 15, when that letter was written. In fact, it was those two and two more that went to the Gentile brothers and delivered the word. So Paul knows he was there when James and Peter stood up and said, this is what they should be doing, or this is what they should not be doing. So then he, Paul, he just repeats it to the church in Thessalonica. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. What did it say? Keep yourself from. Refrain from. from remove yourself from. Stay back from. Stay away from. Fornication. I'm so glad you asked me what does that word mean. I know you were already thinking it back in Acts. 
the, the definition is illicit sexual activity. And I'm so glad you asked me what the word illicit means. It means that which is contrary to law. That which is contrary to acceptance. Whose law? Whose acceptance? God's. I mean, we are in life church, right? You care about what God thinks, right? So is he allowed to make rules? If he's allowed to make rules, then what's on this side of it is, is following the rules, and what's on this side of it is not following the rules. Illicit, that which is contrary to accepted, especially morally. Unlawful, prohibited. Sorry, I got I to gotta tell you this funny story real fast. I'm watching the clock. I was organizing my office at work some today. I moved offices a few weeks back, and I haven't got to put everything back on the shelves and everything. And part of what I, <laughs> you're gonna love this. This is not. This is this is me just trying to give you some wisdom through experience today. One of the things I kept was uh, a a dictionary and a thesaurus. I inherited him when I moved into the last office. I brought him with me. Put him on the shelf while I was unpacking stuff before I, I spent more time studying this. I thought, I don't even know why. I, I, I use the thesaurus online all the time. I use the dictionary to look up Google all the time. Then the Lord took me here and he said, Elicit, what do you think that means? And I thought, I do not want to Google that and find out. I'm so glad I kept that hardback dictionary on the shelf. If ever there was a time I wanted to pick up a book versus... Now, most of the time when I look up definitions, you know this, we, we talk through biblical concordance and we talk about Greek definition or Hebrew definition uh, of the word. But... I just wanted to see more of what that word meant because when you look up a, a word and you get the Greek definition, there's not another way to look up the word that's in that Greek definition unless it happens to be somewhere else. To my knowledge, the word illicit is not in the Greek anywhere in my Bible. That's why I'll go there, I pick up that book. That's a, that's a little plug to keep a hardback dictionary somewhere as accessible for you. And, and a thesaurus, and probably a Bible. Are you with me? That which is contrary to accepted, especially morally, unlawful, prohibited, illegal, illegitimate, wrongful, criminal. Those are all what I found in the thesaurus under illicit. Now, I am trying to follow God, and I, I already said it once, I let him set the rules. So when I see the word criminal, I don't even have to think uh, according to whose law, according to 
What's the RCW for that? If you live in the state of Washington and you're used to the legal terms, RCWs are the revised codes of Washington. Those are the legal. So I don't know. Is there an RCW for this? I don't care. I look to his law. A lot, uh, let me just say this. There's a lot of things in his law that are prohibited that there are not RCWs against. I cannot say, well, Lord, I'm just, I, I, I'm trying to be a good citizen and follow the law, so I'll go off of what the law says in my land. Tell you what the Lord hears. Blah, 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 blah. Playing games. Blah, 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 blah. Candy land. Blah, 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 blah. You don't care what I think. Blah, 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 blah. I don't get to tell him that. Well, I, I'm going to move to this state, Lord, so I can be a law-abiding citizen in that state. Whew, I didn't see any of that coming. But he sets the law. So when I see a word like criminal or illegal, I'm saying against God's law. This is, we're, we're talking about what does it mean? Abstain from fornication. These things that are illicit. These things that are wrong according to God's law. Now, if you have a, a concordance or a Bible app and you look it up, you can see for yourself, it then gives descriptions. And it, it uses the term intercourse, and it says with, 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 as, all as examples of fornication. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's a start. And I know if it's on that list, it's against God's law. Are you still with me? And just in case, let me give a little plug here. Just in case you're, you're wishing that we talk more about this stuff. The next verse is the verse called Possessing Your Vessel, which is what the topic is for this Saturday's message. Brother Berglund, we're ready. Amen? How many? We got, we got four down, two to go. 1 Peter 2.11. 1 Peter 2.11. Who is this? Who wrote this? Peter. Where, was Peter there, Acts 15? Yes, he was. He even had something to say about it. Now he's got this to say in his book that he's writing, 1 Peter. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. I love the fact that he said, I, I'll talk to you as strangers and pilgrims. I don't even know you. I don't even have to know you. I know you're human. So you've got flesh and you've got a soul. And those two things are contrary to each other. So if you do not abstain from those 
fleshly lusts. They will war against your soul. I don't care who you are. Stranger, pilgrim, brother, sister. I don't care who you are. Uh, do this because they do that. started to think about this just in our, our day and, and age where we live, where the things that I'm saying and what we're reading in the Bible would be so foreign to so many. But you know what's not foreign to so many? You've got a war going on in your soul. I don't even have to know you. I don't have, I don't care your age, your gender, your race. I don't care any of those things. You have a war going on in your soul. And if you, part of the battle, part of the war is, if you do not abstain from fleshly lusts, you're going to lose those battles. Fleshly means having the nature of flesh under the control of human appetites, governed by human nature and not the Spirit of God. It basically means what you as a person want to do. Doesn't, it doesn't even have to mean fornication. Anything that you as a person want to do is your fleshly appetite lust is desire craving longing the thing that you want first Thessalonians 5 22 this is the last of the six recordings of this word abstain I, I, I'll be honest with you, this was the first one that came to my mind when the Lord said abstain, as in that word inspired to my thoughts. It says abstain from all appearance of evil. And uh, knowing enough of the scripture and knowing that that word is in there. In fact, when I was 11, 10, 11, 12 years old, I Bible quizzed. So that means I memorized this book, 1 Thessalonians. So, I knew that this was in there. And when I hear the word abstain, when I hear the word abstain, this is where my mind goes to. Why is that in the Bible? What does that mean? And it sounds like a challenge. when you hear the word abstain from all that's like okay I can't do anything abstain from all appearance of evil Abstain from all appearance of evil. 
And as a 11, 12-year-old young person learning these things, I'm thinking, that means I can't do anything. That means I can't do anything that I want to do. Abstain from all appearance of evil. This is what it means. Every form of, every shape of, everything that looks like, what do you do? The same thing where it talked about in Acts. Keep yourself from. Don't allow that in your life. That's as, that's as plain and easy as it is. Don't allow that in your life. I'm not going to judge other people as a form of my trying to do this. I'm not going to go around and say, how can that one do it? How come that one can do it? Why is this okay for him or her? No, I'm just keeping it out of my life. Every form, every kind of evil or wrong. Evil means that which is bad, of a bad nature, of the wrong nature. When I see it, I know. That's, that's not the right nature. That's not the right appearance. This is, a, this is how I would paraphrase this verse. When you recognize it as evil, in any way, shape, or form, hold yourself back from it. Now, I know I just took a short verse and made it longer. But that's what it means. When you recognize it, how do I recognize it? With the, the help of the Holy Ghost. The Lord will help you realize, I think there's something off here. I think this doesn't appear the way that it should. When you recognize it, in any way, shape, or form, keep yourself from it. There's evil in the world. I promise you. So, does that mean I have to go eradicate all the evil? No. You keep yourself from it. Does that mean I, I'm not... We, we, as Christians, we get so focused on the wrong things, and all of a sudden, I don't even know if I'm doing this correctly or not. It's as easy as that. You see it, you recognize it, stay away from it. You see it, you recognize it, you stay away from it. That's what it means to abstain. Amen. You can stand with me.
I believe the Lord wants to help us. The Lord will help you. He's not going to do it for you. But he will help you. Can we pray and ask the Lord to help us? Jesus, God, I pray right now the work of your spirit in my life. I pray the cleansing work of God over each one of these vessels that are here tonight. God, I know that you created us. I believe, God, that you created each one of us according to your will, according to your wisdom. You created each of us, God. And you know us, Lord. You know us from the beginning. Lord, I thank you. Help me to abstain, God, from anything that's not of you. Lord, help me to keep myself through your grace, God. Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going to encourage you, like I said earlier. Spend some time in the Word and go look at the rest of what those, the, the occasions in the scripture. What does the Lord want me to abstain from? What does he not want me to partake of? What does he not want me to have in my life? Amen, it's in here. And he'll help you with it. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Greet one another. Shake somebody's hand.